prepared to receive the word of God right now. We're so glad to welcome for the first time to Creation Northeast Stage from Epiphany Fellowship in Philadelphia, a multi-ethnic congregation there, discipling people in Philadelphia, Dr. Eric Mason, graduate of Dallas Theological Seminary and a powerful man of God. Would you give him a big creation welcome, first time here, Dr. Mason. Thank you, Pastor Harry. Let's give God a hand praise for that man of God. You can do better than that. Decades of commitment to Jesus Christ. He just, he just let me know that they have Creation Fest all over the world. And um, that's amazing. Let's give God a hand praise for that. That's amazing. And he was telling me about them having a school in Africa, in Ghana, that has 2,000 students. 2,000 students. So we're thankful to the Lord God for their commitment to God's word and his work. And so um, in our time tonight, I'm excited to be here and thankful for the legacy of Creation Fest. If you have a Bible with you, if you have a Bible with you, turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter, the first chapter. I want us to walk through this brief time that we have together to be able to walk through what it means to be new. Look at somebody and say, what it means... To be new. Oh, you got to do better than that. What it means to be new. How many of you like being new? How many of you want to be new? How many of you want to be fresh and changed by Jesus Christ day by day by day? Amen. I'm going to read just a little bit of this. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through the 11th verse. I'll read to about verse 7 or 8. It says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. To those who have received uh, a faith equal to ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, may grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Next verse, check this out. It says, seeing his divine power has given us all things. Somebody say all things. Oh, you can do better than that. Say all things. All things, all things required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. By these he has granted to us his very precious and magnificent promises so that through them, that is his promises, you and I may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. For this very reason, make every effort. Say, make every effort. Yeah, 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 to supplement your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control, endurance, endurance, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this time. I, bring, I pray that you would send fresh oil, send fresh fire, and burn through this place with your glory. Move in the way that only you can move, Lord God. Bring transformation to those who don't know you. Bring them from spiritual death to spiritual life. And for those who already know you, take them further in their sp from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Everybody agree with that? Say it. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, 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 th this is a beautiful thing to look in such a beautiful passage at uh, Peter, how many of you ever read anything about Peter the Apostle? 
Peter the Apostle, if you knew anything, was extremely prideful. And I know we at Great Creation Fest, and most people here, you've entered your glorified state, so you don't deal with pride anymore. But for those of us who have some issues that need God to jam up and deal with so that we can deal with our issues and grow and be better, I'm one of the people be better that want to be better. I, I don't know if there's anybody out there that wants to be better, but I want to be better because I want everything that God has for me. I want it. I want to look more like Jesus. I want to be conformed to the image of his Christ of his Christ, so that all of his ideals and his glory may shine magnificently throughout all the earth. And so as you come to this passage, this passage is an interesting passage because this passage is Peter talking about what God does to bring redemption to people's lives. When you meet Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, by grace alone, through faith alone, through Christ alone, say that, through grace alone, through faith alone, through Christ alone. When you meet him, there is an expectation. We're going to talk back to each other tonight. Somebody say expectation. God does not expect your walk with him to be mediocre. He doesn't, he doesn't have something called being on fire for God or radical Christianity. He just has Christianity, and it's embedded with being radical. It's embedded with being serious. You don't have to add an adjective or an adverb to Christianity to make it serious. It's already serious. And so in light of that reality, when we look in this passage, we see some beautiful things. We see different things that God uses to grow people. And so Peter, in the beginning, begins talking about it. He says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle. I like that right there because back in the day, Peter wouldn't have called himself a servant before he called himself an apostle. He didn't want you to big him up for the name that he got. He didn't want his apostle title in the front of everything. But it's interesting that something happened in his growth in Jesus Christ that caused him to be committed to being a servant above being an apostle. In other words, if you are a servant, it influences everything in your life. If you just have a title, you just have a pride to adhere, adhere to, but you don't have a disposition of integrity and power of heart to be able to look like Christ in his work. And so, but back in the day, you know, they were on the road one day and Jesus was walking with his disciples and as they were walking, they started bragging about who was going to be who was going to be the most beast mode apostle? You know, so Thomas was like, yo, man, I'm going to be the beastiest apostle in, 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 in the forest extensitude of apostleship. And so, you know what I'm saying? Another guy was like, nah, man, I'm telling you, when Jesus come in his glory, I'm going to be the flies most, I'm going to be a smoking, I'm going to be a stud apostle. And they started arguing. Jesus Christ stopped. And Jesus Christ got face to face with them and said, what in the world are you guys arguing about? He says, because the greatest among you will not floss who he is or show off who he is, but the greatest among you will be a servant. And it seems like after years and years and years, Peter got this. But the question is, how did he get this way? How did he get to the point where being a servant of Jesus Christ was the primary communication of what he wanted to describe his life above his title, which was important, but his disposition was more important. Peter walks us through it, and so he says this. He says, having his divine power has given us all things. Somebody say all things. When you become a believer in Jesus Christ, God gives you a brand spanking new operating system. Okay? So that means when you trust Jesus Christ as Savior, the old operating system is removed from your life, and God puts a brand new operating system on you. In other words, a new heart. Somebody say new heart. In Ezekiel 36, verses 25 through 27, 
God says he'll take the old spirit out of you, put a brand new spirit in you, take the heart of stone out of your heart and put a heart of flesh in it. And then I will put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in my statues. I don't know about you, but that was a shouting moment. That's a beautiful opportunity to recognize that God has blessed us with everything that we need and he takes the old gook, the trifling mess, the past that you had and your disposition towards it, your angers and your hates. He removes those things that's the idol factory called your heart and replaces it with a worship factory in your heart. I'm so glad that God would do that in my life and I'm praying that he would do that in somebody's life today. And so as he goes there, God does is he gives us a new operating system. And when he does this, <coughs> he gives us a new ability to operate another way. I know my, 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 um, my, my, my phone, I, I, I'm, I'm, don't be mad at me. I'm not doing a commercial. I got an iPhone. I don't know. You know, I got an iPhone. I like my iPhone. And on this is the operating system. This operating system was placed onto this phone by the manufacturer to make sure that the phone would properly operate based on how it was created to operate so that it's, when it's in someone's hands, it was user-friendly. Somebody say user-friendly. Listen, listen, when you become a believer in Jesus Christ, you're called to be user-friendly, not complex. In other words, God has put the new operating system on you so that you're swipeable, so that you're lockable, so that you're downloadable, you're unlockable. In other words, he wants to do things in your life, but he wants you to be free in his hands to be used. And so he goes further. He says, he says he's given us everything pertaining to life and <coughs> godliness. It says, through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Now, let me just tell you how fly this is. This is some beautiful Christian stuff right here. So in eternity past, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit was hanging out with each other. Because the Bible says, the Bible says, that God called us in response to ourselves, himself. It doesn't, it, it says in response to his glory, meaning he didn't look at what we were going to be and decided to save us. Listen, he looked at himself and saw how eternally beautiful he is. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit hanging out with each other. God the Father said, man, we are a beautiful cook, aren't we? God the Son was like, pops, I'm feeling you right now. I'm feeling all of that. We are the beastiest thing that's ever existed. The Holy Spirit's like, matter of fact, we're the only ones that exist. And they high-fiving each other and enjoying each other and all of their excellencies and all of their glory. God the Father said, you know what? We're so fly, we can't keep all of this to ourselves. God the Son like, I I'm, I'm, I'm hearing where you're going, Pops. I'm hearing where you're going. He said, we're going to create some human beings. And when we create these human beings, they're going to reflect. Somebody say reflect. They're, we're going to create them to reflect who we are so that they can show off our glory to the world. In other words, when you become a, a, a believer in Jesus Christ, the Bible says that he called us in response to his glory and excellence. In other words, glory is God showing off the beauty of his attributes. It's like a car looks nice, but when you give it a wax job, that wax job makes the car not look better, but shows off what the car already has. God's glory is him showing off what he already has so that the world may see it. So when you trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, your soul is made into a mirror. And when your soul is made into a mirror, he wants the light of his glory to shine on your soul. So that when the light of his glory shines on your soul, you reflect it to other people to show him off. In other words, when you trust Jesus Christ as Savior, you get an endorsement deal. 
You got an endorsement deal. Some of y'all thought LeBron and all of them, they're the only ones that could get an endorsement deal. But when you become a Christian, you get an endorsement deal. Why do people get endorsement deals? The endorsement deal is for the basketball player, football player, WNBA, whoever, so that while they're out there doing their thing, whether it's playing basketball and killing it, you know, Michael Jordan, he got his thing back in the day, tongue all out and carrying on, you know what I'm saying? And people watching him. And as people watched these artists and these sports of folks with these clothes on, it attracts them to that brand. Our goal as believers is to reflect the beauty of who Jesus Christ is so that people can love the brand of heaven, so they can see the brand of God's glory, so that they can see the brand of God's grace, so they can see the brand of God's justice, so they can see the brand of God's faithfulness, so they can see the brand of God's goodness, so they can see the brand of God's omnipresence, so they can see the brand of God's omniscience, so that they can see the brand of who the King of Kings is and the Lord of Lords is, so that somebody might say, what must I do to be saved? So as you look here, we just walk in the text. Somebody say, walk the text. Oh, y'all not feeling me. Walk the text. There we go. Here we go. It says, by these, that is his glory and excellence. I love this. By these, he has given us his very precious uh, uh, precious promises so that through them, that's his promises, that you may share, I love this, in the divine nature. So God calls us to enjoy what he was enjoying with himself for eternity. So when you, when you become a believer, that was, that's what Jesus' prayer was in John 17. He said, he said, Father, help them to be one and help them to enjoy what we've been enjoying. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit eternally kicks it together. They eternally hang out together in eternal community. And without being God, God gives us the ability to enjoy what he was enjoying in his self-sufficiency. Check out, but then Peter's like, so, so that's the theology of it. That's to give the breakdown of where the origin of all of this change must take place. But let's talk about what it looks like, all right? Let's look at what it looks like. Look at verse 4. It says in verse 4, well, actually verse 5, it says for. It says, for this very reason, make every effort. I want you to look at somebody next to you. And I want you to say, family of God, make every effort. They're not feeling you. Look on the other side of you. Say, fam, they wasn't feeling me. I want to look you in the face right now. And I want you to make every effort. Every effort. So uh, uh, I love this. Make every effort. So I, I like this because it, uh, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness. Now, some translations you may have may have the word virtue, may have the word moral excellence. But what the word means is it means the ability to be committed to a standard. I love that on steroids. Know why I know that? Because it's impossible to call yourself a Christian in Jesus Christ and not have commitment. The text says that when you trust Jesus Christ as Savior, what's downloaded onto your hard drive is commitment. Somebody say commitment. That's why on the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit came and 3,000 came, the first verse within the community section right after that says, it says in verse uh, 42, it says, and they were devoting themselves to the apostles' doctrine. As soon as folk got saved, they weren't looking to sit on the bench of Christianity. They weren't looking to watch others get to work. No, their devotion was committed, not to just say, I want to hear a word, but they were committed.
listening to hearing what was being taught and applying what was being taught and to get to work. But he says, he says, in your faith, supply goodness or moral excellence or virtue or piety. Then after that, it says knowledge. Somebody say knowledge. Oh, I love this. Because now you not only have the ability to be committed, you have the information that informs what it means to be committed. So knowledge here points to the scriptures. That means that you and I have to be in the Bible. Let me say that again. Your hands should have been clapping real hard on that part. You and I need to be in our Bible. Okay, let me, y'all looking at me funny. Let me see if I can make it plain because y'all looking at me funny. So we're going to see if I can make it plain. So I told you we like this iPhone. We're a lot like an iPhone. Now, one of the things I like about my phone is everything isn't fully downloaded, although it's connected to downloadability. And if I don't have something <coughs> downloaded into being seen on my operating system, guess where I go? Anybody can guess? The app store. And what I, all I do is look in the app store, see what I need, type in what I want. When it comes up, I push download, it asks me for a password. I put in that password and it starts being downloaded so that it can be seen on the operating system. Well, whether you know it or not, family, this is your app store, the Bible. The Bible is your app store. And inside that app store is every single thing you need to know. Not everything you need to know because you can't handle everything. The Bible is enough of what you need to know in order to do everything that God has called you to do. I'm so glad as a believer that God has made available to us truth so that we can be transformed by the renewing power of the gospel and know what we're supposed to know. Do what we're supposed to do. Think how we're supposed to think and be what we're supposed to be. I love it. I love it. So he says, he says, add to your more excellent virtue, piety, add to it knowledge. But then knowledge puffs up, love edifies. And see, what happens to many of us is we think because we know something, we got control. So guess what the next thing he says we need? Self-control. Now guess what self-control is? Self-control is passions on a leash. That's what it is. Passions on a leash. Okay, let me see if I can make it plain. God has given you passions. Passions aren't good or bad. It's just where you put them can be good or bad. Therefore, God has given you a leash. Now, if any of you know anything about a dog going out, an untrained dog going out, you got to have a leash on that dog. Amen. If you don't have a leash on that dog, another dog come past, they're going to be bouncing at the other dog. Now, God made our self-control. He made it a leash. Now, it has to be a serious leash. It can't be one of them little vinyl leashes like you buy in the pet store. You understand what I'm saying? Now, now, you know, some people, you know, the little bounce bounce dogs, the little foo-foo dogs, you understand what I'm saying? Those are the ones that need the little vinyl leashes because, you know, they can handle, you can snatch them at my feet, you can hold them up in the air and just walk around with the little dog, you know, he just rumping that, you can swing them around and put them back on the ground, make sure the animal activists don't see you. But, um, <laughs> but, but what happens after that, right? Well, what, what we end up doing in Philly is because we breed dogs. In Philly, we be breeding like pit bulls, South African bull mastiffs, pressure canarios, you know, big dogs. We talking about not dogs that go bounce. We go wolf dogs, right? Now, you got to understand, you can't put the little vinyl thingamajiggy around the necky neck because that joker yawn and snapped that thing in two. So what you got to do is you got to go to Lowe's or Home Depot's and get you a big old link chain for that mug. 
You know what I'm saying? And you put that thing around that Joker's neck, and he coming out like this, swole in a mug. You know, dog, you know the big dog here? You know what I'm saying? You got that joke. You say, back up. Okay. And you say, listen, now we about to go outside, dog. I don't want no problems today. We're going to roll out. I'm going to hold you. I, 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 sit. See, that's what you got to tell your passions sometimes. See, your passions is a chain link leash so that you can be pulled away from the thing that God doesn't want you pushing towards. But the beauty of a leash is a leash is not merely to hold you back from what you can't do. Somebody ought to hear me right there. A leash is set up to put you in a position, listen, to be free in the area where you don't need a leash, where you can enjoy what God has created fully. Is anybody hearing me today? I'm so excited about that reality <coughs> because when a dog gets to a little area, you can just take the leash off and say, enjoy yourself. That's what God has called you as a believer to do. God has called you as a believer not to walk in things that cause you to lose control in excessive drugs, excessive uh, illicit sexuality. He wants you, he said, enjoyment isn't wrong. It's, sex in and of itself isn't wrong in the right context. But God says, I want you to put your leash on. Somebody say, put your leash on. And what you have to do is, this is what you have to say to your passions. You say, listen, now we about to go outside. This not going to be that day. All right, y'all? So, I, 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 sit, roll over, all right, get up. Then you walk out, hey, hey, hey. See, you got to learn that the Spirit of God has given you the strength to pull your passions back in order. That's what it means to be, and people always talk about dominion over everything else except for self. And one of the things that Christ has returned dominion into is the ability to self-govern in a way where you have the choice to wild out or not to wild out. That's what's beautiful about being a Christian. Before you became a believer, you did not have a choice. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, is that you had to do what the devil told you to do. Now when you become a believer, you have a choice. You and I daily have to fight daily and to beat our body into submission based on 1 Corinthians chapter 9 to say, I'm not going to let you do what you want to do, but I want my body, I want my mind, and I want my heart to do what God wants me to do. <coughs> and as he says, self-control, <coughs> he goes somewhere beautiful. Thank you for that. He goes from self-control, this is beautiful, goes from self-control, he goes to perseverance. Somebody say perseverance. Say it louder. One more again. Listen to me. Perseverance is the ability to be consistent in the midst of adversity. That, oh, oh, man. See, let me see if I can. In other, words, in other words, when something, listen, if you are a believer in Jesus, hell is going to break loose. Bad things are going to happen at times. That means the Bible says if anyone walks godly in Christ Jesus, they will suffer persecution. So, so, so therefore, in light of that, what I like about God is God doesn't put us anywhere that he hasn't built us for. That's the beauty of becoming a believer. So perseverance is God rebuilding our souls so that negative things that happen to us don't take away from us 
but God remanufactures life uh, 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 so that we can have and maximize and utilize difficulty to look more like Jesus. As a matter of fact, one of the things that, that, that I like is we had a, um, a sculptor at our church. <coughs> He's a great sculptor. And he was a great sculptor. And this sculptor uh, had, a, it was a rock. And I'm looking at the rock and I'm like, man, how in the world do you take that rock and make that rock into an image? And the sculptor said, oh, pastor, you're looking at this all wrong. He said, I don't look at the rock and try to make an image. He said, oh, I would be a horrible sculptor. He says, actually, when I look at that stone mess, I see the image inside of it. All I'm trying to do is remove the things that are in the way of the image that I already see inside of it so that you can see what I see. Well, when you look at your life, it has a lot of challenges. It has a lot of boulders, and it's caked up with a lot of mess. But God sees the image of Christ that is already inside of you. And when you go through something difficult, all it is is the sculptor removing the mess out of the way that's in the way of the glory and beauty of Jesus Christ being seen in your life. One of the most important things, believer, is you must not let difficulty make you doubt that God's not up to something in your life. As a matter of fact, to be honest, when God is allowing difficulty to happen to your life, that is when he's many times up to the most stuff in your life. You're in three phases of life. You're either in a trial, coming out of a trial, or going into one. That, that's the three phases. You're in one, coming out of one, or going into one. So if you see somebody going into a trial and you just clocked out of it, high five them and say everything's going to be all right as they're going in that mud. And so that's the beauty of perseverance. Perseverance says because difficulty has happened, I don't have to stop praying. <laughs> because difficulty has happened, I don't have to question God. Because difficulty has happened, I don't have to stop being in the Word. Because difficulty is happening, I don't have to stop spending time in community with other like-minded believers, which leads me to this. It says it goes from goodness to uh, knowledge. From knowledge, you add to that self-control. You add to self-control, perseverance. You add to perseverance, godliness. Godliness is the pictorial of as God is chiseling to your, you into the image of Christ. Godliness is the character result of goodness, of knowledge, of self-control, and of perseverance. But then it doesn't just end with personal individualized belief as our Western culture likes so much. But it goes from individualized transformation to community transformation in relation to other believers. It says it goes from that to brotherly kindness where we get our word Philadelphia from. He said add to a brotherly kindness. That means that you can't do this life alone. And if you don't recognize that you can't do this life alone, being a Christian means that you have been redeemed in your relationship with God and in your relationship with humanity and particularly believers. God restoration, man restoration. God restoration, man restoration stretches out. And so therefore, when God calls you into a relationship with him, he's also calling you into a relationship with those who know him. So that means you have to be in a gathering of the saints. But then it goes from there 
And he says, goodness, add to it knowledge. Add to your knowledge, self-control. Add to your self-control, perseverance. Add to your perseverance, uh, 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 godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, then love, general love for the world we share the gospel. Then he says something interesting. He said, if these qualities are yours and are increasing, you will never be unfruitful. Let me explain something to you, family of God. Being a believer in Jesus Christ means this, is that your life should never be in a place of stagnance. It is always supposed to be on an ever-growing trajectory of growth so that you can look more like the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, if these qualities are yours or are not yours, he says, you are nearsighted, forgetting your former cleansing, listen, from your former sins. This is amazing. In other words, if, you, if you're not growing spiritually, you can have salvific amnesia. In other words, you can so walk in a lack of spiritual growth that you forget that you met the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And therefore, he says, listen, family, he says, be the all the more sure to make your calling and election sure. And he says, whoever practiced these things will never fail. Well, maybe you've come to Creation Fest today, and you're here, <coughs> and you want to enjoy yourself. That's going to be, that's wonderful. God always wants you to enjoy yourself. But one of the beautiful things that God, I believe, during this time wants to do is to renew you. Somebody say renew. Say it one more again. Renew. Yes, he wants to renew you. And if, if you're here and you don't know Christ as your Savior, your renewal is going from spiritual death to spiritual life. What does that mean? It means every one of us, because of Adam's sin, fall short of the glory of God, are in desperate need of gospel hope. And so all of us were supposed to be thrown into hell in order to pay for our sins. But God, being rich in mercy, sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. And, and, and when he was on the cross, God poured out his anger that only hell could quench. He poured it out on Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that he made him who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf. And when they, he poured out his anger on Jesus, raised him from the dead, anyone believes that is saved. Every head bow, every eye closed. If you're here today and you say yes, I want to place my confidence in Jesus Christ for salvation. You know, I'm not talking about rededication. I'm not talking about that. Please, I'll have something for that next. But if you've never, ever, ever, ever place your confidence in the fact that Christ died on the cross for you, not Christ and I go to the youth group, not Christ and I go to church, not Christ and I do good works and I'm a part of this. No, Christ and Christ alone. If you're here today and you say, I want to put my faith in Jesus Christ for the first time and only time for salvation, hold your hand in the air. We'd love to pray with you. Anyone, anyone, hold your hand real high in the air. We'd love to talk to you. If that's you, just come forward. We have some people that want to talk to you. Anyone that wants to put their confidence in Jesus today. Every head bow, every eye closed. This anyone here that says yes, hold your hands up real high if that's you. And say yes, hold your hand up as you walk. If you're afraid to walk alone and you see somebody's hand up next to you, bring them up. We'd love to pray with them and talk to them about what it means 
to put their confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. And someone will meet you at these ends right here. Amen. 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 Now for the believer. Now for the believer. Now for those who say, God hit me through the eye and I've been stagnant in my walk. Why don't you come forward? We wanna, I want to pray for you right now. If that's you, just pop up. I'm not going to pump you or prime you or anything. But just saying, yes, I, 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 want, I want my life to be renewed again. And I want to experience the beauty of what Christ has for me. Hands up in the air. Anyone, I see y'all coming. Thank y'all for being so bold. Anybody else, hands up in the air. Come forward if you can. I see y'all hands all over the building, all over this place. Anyone, anyone that says, yes, I want to walk in gospel renewal. Come forward. We'd love to pray for you where you are. We'll wait for you. We got the time. We love to pray for you. I see y'all coming. I said, thank you, sis, for your boldness. Thank you so much for that. Thank you, sister. I see you being bold. Gentlemen, I see you guys being bold. Thank you for your boldness of coming forward. I see all of you guys coming from my left. Thank you for your boldness. I see y'all coming from the back. We'll wait for you. Thank you for your boldness. Thank you for your commitment to say, yes, I want, I want, I already know Jesus Christ as Savior, but I want a deeper commitment to him. And I want to walk in the reality of what you're talking about. Anybody else? Anybody else? I see y'all coming. I see all y'all coming from the middle. Thank you for coming. Anyone else? We're waiting for you guys right here. We're waiting for you. Amen. We love this. We love this. We love to see people want that. Let's, let's, let's encourage them as they're coming forward. Clap your hands for them. Let's encourage them. Let's encourage them. Let's encourage them. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Let's encourage them. Come on forward. Yeah. Yeah. We're excited for you. We're excited for you. We're excited for renewal. We're excited for transformation. For all of you who are coming forward, as you're coming forward, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start praying. Thank you, guys. I see that crew right there coming. I see the crew right there. I see y'all hands up in the back. Oh, we got to big up God for that. I see y'all coming. Anybody else? I see y'all coming. Thank you. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to start praying, and they're going to lead you into a room, a, a tent, where we want to go further in prayer and explanation for you. Father, I am excited about every last one of these great people coming forward who say, I want to be strengthened in my walk in the Lord Jesus Christ. I see that those qualities aren't mine functionally and aren't increasing like they should. And God, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm praying that you would open their hearts, that you would open their minds, and that you would bring the renewing power of what you've already given them. What's beautiful about being in you, God, is we have everything we need. We just need the hardness to get out of the way so the image that is within us can be clearly seen. And God, we are passionate, and we want to look more like you and we want Jesus to be the central figure and central factor in our lives. We love you, and we're committed to you, and we honor you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Everybody agree that said? Let's big up God. God bless you. Take care. See you guys in the back.